Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. We are in a series. We started a new series um, last week, and, and I've been excited about this series because back at Easter, uh, when we had everybody here for Easter, and, and, and we had um, our CEOs, you know, Christian and Easter only people, um, we had all our CEOs here, and we wanted to say, how do we reach the community? How do we answer questions that may, they may have? So we asked. What would you like to hear a sermon on? If you remember, we took all kinds of questions in and what those were. And so that's what we're doing right now is we're answering those questions. And so that's why we said asking for a friend is, is kind of the series, right? Uh, it's not me. I'm asking for a friend. Uh, but the biggest result that we got was sexuality, gender identity. And I got an email that I saw this morning uh, from a lady that's part of Leesburg High School. And it was a gender identity question in the view of our church. And it was just funny because the way it was worded, everything in my head kind of was like, red flag, red flag. Okay, um, let's, let's have this conversation face-to-face and not over email uh, kind of a thing. But that particular issue we answered since Easter in a series called A Beautiful Design. And that is all available for you. So if that's something that you have as a question, let me encourage you to get on our website, on our YouTube channel. Um, it's on Facebook. I mean, it's, it's kind of all over the place. But then also we now have Right Now Media. And right now, media is a new uh, is a new thing that we kind of have available for you. It's real easy. It's awesome. Uh, but we've even loaded it on there. So let me encourage you if you have questions in that area. I think we did a pretty good job of, of, of dealing with that. And then last week we dealt with fear, and I switched it around because of the the, the hurricane. Right, our, our friend Dorian uh, that came to visit slightly, and um, and we talked about overcoming fear. And so then I started looking down through the questions. And I started kind of putting all these questions together because people would say, how do I deal with this? How do I overcome this? How do I change this? And I started looking at all those questions and while their endings were all different, the general question was the same and it really was this, how do I change? And so I titled today's sermon different. Different. Because here's what I believe. I believe God loves you right where you are, but I think he also loves you too much to leave you where you are. Like his desire for you is different. 
Right? His desire for you is to grow. His desire for you is to become more and more like Jesus. Right? How, how, how many of you would say you struggle a little bit with the whole being like Jesus thing? Anybody else or is it just me? Yeah, right? Especially when I have a steering wheel in my hand. Right? And they're doing roundabouts. I'll pick on the villagers. All right, anyway. So there's a verse. I want you to hear this verse. Here's how cool and practical our God is. Listen to this verse in Romans 7. I don't understand myself at all. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. Like you do stuff, you say stuff, and you go, where, where did that come from? Like, are you right as you're saying it? You're like, no, can I put it back? Right. I don't understand myself at all for I really want to do what is right. Nobody gets up in the morning and goes, oh, my God, I can't wait to blow it today. Right. And yet we do. And yet we continue continually. I mean, I don't understand myself at all for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Anybody? Instead, I do the very thing I hate. Come on now, that's every single one of us. I mean, this is a verse, I don't care who you are, you can relate to that. I mean, how many times this week that like we said something later on, God, dang it, why did I say that? Right? Or, or our spouse says something and we react or roll our eyes or say something smart back or whatever. And then we walk back in the room and go, why, why, dude? But why? Why did you need to be like that? And then now it's the struggle. Well, do I go apologize? Or do I wait and see like how she's going to react? Come on, don't act like you don't have these conversations. Right? There's this struggle. There's this battle. And so this is, this is for all of us, and me included. But I want to talk about what it looks like first if we don't change. I want, to, I want to talk about what it looks like for us to be stuck in doing the same things over and over again, even when we know they're wrong. Right? Anybody got some stuff that you can say, I, I keep running around the same mountain. I keep running around the same mountain. I keep, <laughs> why? Why did I say that? Why do I do that? I do, I, I, I mean, I tell you all this all the time. And so I, I think about like, I don't, I don't know how you guys view me when I'm driving, but because I've talked about it since the church is open, I just picture y'all viewing me like, you know, and I'm not all the time like that, but I am sometimes like that. I honked my horn at somebody this week and then laughed and thought, yeah, you need to do different dork. Maybe you need to sit down and let somebody else teach this, right? This is, this is all of us. So, so here's what happens if we don't change. If we keep doing the same things over and over again, number one, it becomes part of your identity. It becomes part of your identity. Well, this is just who I am. Come on, you ever said that? You ever done something that just been like, oh, that's just who I am. That's just the way God wired me. Yeah, he wired you to yell at some little old lady in the left lane. Really? Right? And, and it becomes part of our identity. And, and, and then we take on the nature of that thing that we actually need to change. I love, love, so I, I, I'm going to tread on thin ice here. I love what AA has done for people. Right? Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I love what that program has done. And, 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 and tons of people. There's one little piece of the program that I really don't like and I really struggle with. And that is that 
year after year after year after year, you're supposed to sit in a circle and look at everybody and go, hi, I'm Mike and I'm an alcoholic. I hate that part. Because here's what it is. That's an identity. Right? It's the same reason that I like to try to train myself to say people who have same-sex attraction as opposed to calling someone gay, homosexual, queer, whatever the name is. And the reason being is because this is a description of something that they're going through, dealing with, or as a part of their life. This is an identity. Do you, do you understand what I mean? And, and that's what happens with us. Is, is if we don't change. It just kind of becomes part of who we are. And, and listen to me. God is not in, interested in improving the old you. He wants to make a new you. Like, I am a new creation. That's what the Corinthians said. The old is gone. The new has come. That's the whole point. But you and I buy the lie. We buy the lie of the devil that he says, ah, that's just who you are. And I need you to hear that's not who you are. That's who we choose to be. And, 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 we, and we hide behind that identity, but that's not who we are. And the more we do that, number two is, you feel increasingly hopeless. Right? Oh, well. Some, some of you, you may have already started to check out on me already right now. Like in certain areas of your life, you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, pastor. I've done this and it didn't work. And I've done that and it didn't work. My marriage is just this and I give it an identity. And my kids are just that and I give it an identity. My work is just this and I give it. But I want to, I, I hope today to give you a key that I think will help you. So would you hang in there with me today? Would you hang in there with me just for a few minutes? Don't check out on me. Don't do the whole, you know, yeah, but, right? Nobody wants to hear about your butt, right? Number three, you become defensive. You become defensive, right? It becomes an identity. We start to get hopeless, and then we get defensive. And so as soon as somebody says, hey, you know... Um, Seems like you're, and especially your spouse. Come on, somebody. For those of you who are married, your spouse says something to you about, you know, you were a little ugly there to the kids. No, I was not. Right? This defensive, like we get defensive. We get, or, or, or here's the one. I have the right to be this way. Right? Or, 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 and, and that is our, <laughs> that is our, 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 our flesh. We know it. We know what we're doing. But but we get defensive because we have bought the lie. This is who I am. This is my identity. Well, now I got to defend it, right? And you won't let people speak into your life. The next one is that we become a slave to it. Boy, the first thing that pops in my head when I think of that one is pornography. It's just, it's just, I don't know, it's just what I do. It's, it's natural. It's just an urge that I have. It's just... And then we become a slave to it. And, and of course you can talk drugs and you can talk alcohol, but we don't talk about other things like shopping. Or things that we abuse, that we overdo, we become a slave to that being who we are. The scripture talks about being a slave to our sin, and that is a dangerous place. If you want to do a study on that, you can read Romans 6, 7, and 8. And, 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 and kind of see that concept of what it means to be a slave to sin. I would say it to you this way. It's, it's Christian con carne. Do you know what chili con carne is? It's chili with meat, right? Con carne is with meat. Well, we do Christian con carne. I'm a Christian, but with a little bit of flesh mixed in. 
And I, and I want to hold on. I want to hold on to that part. I, I'm kind of confident that this is who I am. I have a right to be. God wired me. That's just who I am. And that's not true. That's the devil telling you something that is so not true about who you are. And, and, and for some of you, I get it. Years. Years of trying to overcome something. Years of trying to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to pick that bottle up or that can anymore. I'm not going to click that, that, that website anymore. I'm not going to flirt with that secretary anymore. I'm, I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to. And we all have these secret sins that are things that we're caught and we're slaves to now. Because we've let the enemy say, this is who you are. It's natural. And then the last one is you begin to lose your life. And the thought process there is, I've gone so far, oh well, it's never going to turn around. And I need you to hear something about my God. I don't, I don't know about your God and, and who your God is. And when I say that, I mean it's who you decide that he really is. But my God has the ability to turn anything around at any time and redeem any amount of time. So for those of us who are older, Right? And we look at things with our kids, especially like you got grown kids now, and you look at your kids and you go, man, I should have done this, and I, I should have been more disciplinary, or less of disciplinary, or I should have... And we look at our kids and we go, oh, I don't know what to do. Listen to me, God's a redeemer. God's, God's a redeemer. Don't, don't put an identity on your kids. In your mind, don't define them by the choices they've currently made. Define them by God who designed them to be. And who he created them to be. And who he's created you to be. So here's, 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 the, here's the feeling I just want you to mentally think about. If I could just change... What? If I could just deal with... What? If I could just stop... What? And here's what I want to do. I want to walk you through as best as I can. A very practical way for you to consider to do different. For you to consider to change. How do we change? Romans 6, 12 through 14. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, here it is, underline it, highlight it, whatever you got to do, bold, write it down. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. There's the rub. Because we can't do Christian concarne. See, that's giving God part. That's giving God some. That's giving God just a, a little bit, right? Most of the time we'll go partway in. We sang about, we sang a song, a place of freedom, but we only give ourselves partly to God and so we don't experience freedom. Well, then we turn around and we say, well, God must not be real or this Christianity thing is not real. And what I need you to hear this morning is Christianity is for radicals only. Christianity only works for radicals. So where we're struggling and where we continue to be a slave to sin, where we continue to have identity telling us that's just who we are, is because we are not 
radical in the way that we're sold out to him. Nothing changes in your life until you go all in. Boy, that's a hard to hear, isn't it? But that's a, that's a challenge that I need. I double dog dare you to go all in. I double dog dare you today. What do you have to lose? Here's the question, or here's the answer to that is um, your life. Scripture says we lose our life to Jesus. We give our lives to him and surrender our lives. Where is it that I haven't? Like, like, where is it that I, I haven't surrendered to him? Where is it that I'm not going all in? And so I'm not seeing the results of God in my life. And so let me give you a few, just a handful of, of thoughts here um, of how to actually go through change. Number one, number one is you got to get rid of excuses. You got to get rid of excuses. Come on, anybody good at ex- as good at excuses as I am? I can think of an excuse for anything. Or like right now, give me a situation, I'll give you a good excuse. Right? I'm really, really good at it. We all have reasons that we haven't done whatever up until this point. Um, I've been using the uh, a Lose It app, right? So uh, we've been working with Al, who's our personal trainer at Infinity Fitness. I'm so grateful for Al. He's been training me for six years now. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 a.m. we go. And so there comes a point in working out where you plateau. Right? And you gotta do something new. You gotta do something a little more radical to get your body to respond. So I am on a, a goal right now to try to lose 25 pounds. And I only have like 40 to go. Right? Kidding. I have, I have lost 13 pounds. I'm 13 pounds down. Okay? So don't clap because I'm fat. That's not nice. But, um, <laughs> just kidding. But, but, but I, but I'm working on that scenario. So I was like, okay, well, I'm telling them to get rid of excuses. So what am I going to do? So I'm about to say something that I told my wife this morning. And she looked at me kind of cross-eyed like, are you crazy? But I'm going to make a commitment in front of you today of something that I'm going to do to get rid of excuses. So I have declared it whoo, sugar-free September. Okay. For me, I'm not asking you to do it. This is me. Right. And, and I am going to I'm off the sugar, and I thought it was hilarious that I put these jeans on this morning, and I had worn them a couple days ago, and what is in the pocket but some sweethearts? Okay, it is sugar-free September for me, and listen to me, uh, gluten-free July didn't go so well. I'm kidding, I didn't do that, but I, I, I just, I need to get rid of excuses in that area of my life. Like, I want to be fit so that I can do things with my girls. I want to be healthy. And, and we all have excuses, don't we? I'm busy, and I've got this, and we just so I run through a drive-thru, and I do And it's just excuses. So let me ask you, what about you? Where are the, where, what about, what is it going to take for you to get serious about some excuses and some things in your life? So Jesus tells some people to come follow him, and this is their response in Luke 14. But they all alike begin to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. And then another said, oh, I just got a boat so um, I'm not going to be able to come on Sundays. (laughs) Another one said, oh, I've got season tickets and we don't get back till late so I probably won't be there for Sunday morning. Come on. We all do this. We all come up with our excuses just like they did. And what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to. Here's another one. 
Well, I need that drink to calm down. Didn't know I was going to step on your toes a little bit this morning, did you? Listen to me. I love you enough to push you today. Because it's time for us to put some excuses down. Right? Whether it be with our physical, that's, that's what I'm dealing with. Whether it be in our spiritual, why is it that I don't get up and read my Bible? What is my excuse? Right? What, what, is, what are the things that I'm saying? Because my, my, um, my daughters have a, a favorite saying, and it's, um, excuses are the nails in the house of failure. And they say it all the time. Like, so as soon as somebody says it in the house, they're like, yeah, no, house of failure. Right? Um, pray, by the way, pray for like Sumter Community College. There's a class that Logan is in. Um, it's a philosophy class. And Mike Matheny Jr. is in that class. And her name is Crescinda. And it's philosophy. And so like they go at it. Like go at it. And, and that poor... Anyway, pray for that class is all I'm saying, right? Because uh, we like to go at it. But listen to me. When, when do we become real with this stuff? When do, when do we stop and say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop making excuses. I wrote it this way. Excuses are reasons why I think that God is not good enough for me. Right? See... We don't have an addiction problem. And you can be addicted to many different things. I mean, you can, the obvious ones are your drugs and alcohol, pornography, those type of things. But you can also be addicted to wine, if we're doing it every day to calm down. We can be addicted to shopping. We can be addicted to significance. That's one I have struggled with over time a little bit, is I wanted to be important and get noticed. Come on, anybody else, right? Acceptance. This is why we have a world full of selfies, because if I get enough likes, Get a, we can get addicted to likes. We can get, get addicted to social media response. All these type of things. We don't have an addiction problem. Listen to me. We have a worship problem. We have a worship problem. What are we worshiping? What are we looking for? And I'm looking for the approval of man more than I'm looking for my Savior and who God is. So let me ask you, what are some next steps that you need to take? And you need to put the excuses away. Okay? Salvation. Some of you here have never had a time when you have actually said, Jesus, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. And you've got all kinds of excuses. And I'm challenging you to put them down today. I'm challenging you to put them down today and say, you know what? What have you got to lose? Give it a shot. Go all in. Go all in with God and see if he doesn't prove that he really is who he is. How about Bible reading and prayer time? What are my excuses there? How do I do that differently? How can I set up a time? Do I need some accountability? Life steps. I'm doing life steps today. Today's a BOGO. You get one and two all together, right? So those of you who've done life steps, I'm asking you to come to life steps today. And for whatever excuse you've had, um, I don't care. Come to life steps today, <laughs> all right? Because I really, I want you to come. And the reason we're doing that is not because we're trying to build Church of the Lakes, but we're trying to build you. We're trying to take you on a journey and take you through steps. Baptism. Got all kinds of excuses. I'm old. Okay. You know what? One of the very first people to get baptized at Church of the Lakes, Miss um, Marlene. Miss Marlene is 86, I think. 86? I think she's 86. So, so I dunked that lady. I was scared to death. Like, you, you know what I mean? She's a fragile thing. But listen to me. She said, I need to do this out of obedience. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's small groups. 
you've heard us talking about small groups, but it's, I'm busy, I got the kids, I got this and that. Listen to me, get rid of stuff that's not taking you where, anywhere eternal and push into the other things that are put. Get into a small group. You need it. I'm going to talk more about that. Budget. Maybe you need a budget. Maybe you need to read a few minutes a day. Maybe you need to work out. Maybe you need to log your food. What is it? That you need to get rid of the excuses and take a step forward. Number two, you got to make a break. You got to make a break. There is always going to be something that you have to break away from. If you're going to do something new, you will have to leave something. Right? How many know there are 24 hours in a day? You're not getting any extra ones and you're not getting any more. Right? And so if you're going to add something, what does that mean? You got to take something away. It's sacrifice. So what is it? What is it that we need to make a break from? Do we need to make a break from the computer? Or maybe a screen, right? Social media, these things that just kind of consume us. Maybe we need to break, make a break from a relationship. Can I say something to any young ladies that might be listening or listening online eventually? If you're in a relationship and that young man is pressuring you to do things that you really don't want to do, can I give you permission right now to get your phone out and text message him? Go ahead. It's over. Walk away. Right? Because you are way more valuable than that reality of some little boy who's trying to tell you that he loves you. So some of us are in relationships that are so unhealthy and not, and we continue to have, yeah, but this and yeah, but that. I just had this conversation with Crescinda the other day, and we were talking about the reality of not compromising and how hard it is as a girl, when it's like, you know, she wants, she wants a boyfriend and now she's 18 and now her brain's starting to think about other things that make dad crazy, like the M word, you know, it's a cuss word in my house, marriage. But, um, but the, the, the reality being of, of like not compromising and how hard that, and the excuses. Yeah, but he'll change. Right? And, and I said, I said, honey, that's, that's not the way it's gonna happen. We had these conversations. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe you have some friendships and you know. Maybe you grew up in Leesburg. So you've been friends with these people forever. Right? And so that's your excuse. Listen to me, that's your excuse. It's, it's, it's okay that they're not healthy for you because, well, this is where we grew up and we've known each other forever. No, it's not. That's an excuse. That's an unhealthy relationship. You're going to have to make a break from a business, a working relationship. Second Corinthians 6, listen to this. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. That word yoked, the Greek word is koinonia. Koinonia. And it, and it basically just means to be like if you picture two oxen that are yoked together. The reason they're yoked together is because they're going to travel the same path together. Right? So what it says is, listen, you cannot be yoked together. You cannot be traveling the path with unbelievers. That's not what Mike says. That's what God's word says. You can't. You can love them. You can spend time with them periodically to love on them with a missional mindset, but to be yoked with them is unhealthy. Listen to this. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Bilal? That's another name for the devil. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? You are the temple of God. Can I help you with your, your language a little bit? Stop telling people that you're going to church. You don't go to church. You are the church. Right? I, I, love, I always laugh like when people go to a church and there's not a cross. And they're like, well, we don't have a cross in the church. 
And I'm like, well, that's because this is not a church. This is Leesburg High School Auditorium. This is a school. Because we are the church. You know where the cross is? The cross is right there inside of your soul where Jesus' blood was shed for you. That we are the church. We are the church. We're, we are, we are the church. And so the temple of God, you're the temple of God. For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. What does that mean? That means our language, our words, our conversations should sound different than people in the world. But the reason they don't is because we make excuses to hang around with them. And then their language influences our language. And then their thought processes produce our our thought processes. Right? So we've got to find this balance. We're to love the world. I don't want you to, you know, Pastor Mike told us we're like supposed to hate all unbelievers now and have nothing to do with them. That's not what I'm saying. Yoked is different. Yoked is having a common, regular time that I spend with this person because we do life together. And whoever you do life with is going to determine your life. You are, as we say this in Life Steps, you are the sum total of all your relationships. You're the sum total of all of your relationships. 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop Sinning. So, number one, we said we've got to get rid of excuses. We've got to stop making excuses for the things in our life. We've got to make a break. And number three, then, we've got to fill the void. If you stop doing things, you have to fill it with something bigger than you. I heard the story of a, a Pentecostal preacher, right? And the Pentecostal preacher said, he's preaching away and doing his thing. He said... If I could have all of the wine in the world, I would throw it in the river. And if I could get all the beer in the world, I would throw it in the river. And if I could get all the whiskey in the world, I would throw it to the river. And he finishes up the sermon and closes out. Worship leader comes to close out and stands up and says, Would you turn in your hymnals to page 473? Shall we gather at the river? Listen to me, and isn't that how we do Christianity? We have a Sunday morning presence. We have a Sunday morning mentality. We have a Sunday morning, I need, I need to do better. I need to push into who God wants me to be. But Monday's a different story. Monday, I'm going back to the river. Right? And so here's what happens. Listen to me. If you are going to do what I'm challenging you to do, if you're going to say, you know what, in this particular area of my life, I'm going to get past my excuses and I'm going to make a break. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to work on separating myself and cleaning up some scenarios. Here's what I need you to hear. You're going to have to fill that void. You're going to have to fill that space. You know why? Because let's say it's alcohol. You say, you know what? I need to get away from alcohol for a while. All you're going to do if you don't fill that space, that, that void with something else, all you're going to do is think about alcohol. Right? You, you, you've got to fill that void with something more. And so I'm going to close out today by giving you four things to fill the void. Four things to fill the void. Because we're going to get rid of excuses, make a break, then we're going to fill the void. Number, number one of how we fill the void is give your life to Jesus. And you go, well, yeah, that's just kind of the churchy thing to say. No, 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 no. I, I need you to hear something. Let's talk football for a second. 
Don't laugh at me because I'm a Seminole fan. But let me talk to you. Listen to you. Listen, listen. We will spend money we don't have on exorbitant tickets. We will drive hours to go sit in a stadium with weirdos that we don't know. We'll buy jerseys and $15 hot dogs. And we'll scream for a kid that we know his last name, but we all know nothing about him. Then we come here on Sunday morning and sing, It's a place of freedom. It's a place of... Come on. So when I say, give your life to Jesus, I mean like you give your life to football. I mean you like you give your life to other things. I mean, give your life to Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I mean with a passion. Ephesians 5 and 18, let me read this to you. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Let me, let me fill that in. Do not get drunk on shopping. Do not get drunk on or high on marijuana. Do not get drunk on love or lust because it leads to debauchery. Debauchery, weird word. Here's the, here's the definition of debauchery. Extreme indulgence of your senses. In other words, I want to make my body feel good. Come on, anybody like to feel good? The, the reason somebody goes home and has a few glasses of wine because I'm trying to calm down and make my body feel good, right? And I'm dealing with it in that way. And here's what I'm saying to you is we cannot have the things that we run to that make us feel good and leave Jesus out of the picture. So when I say, give your life to Jesus, that's not some little cute Sunday school saying I'm saying. I'm saying surrender. I'm saying palms up. I'm saying, God, whatever you want from my life, whatever that it's, that it's a, I, I dare you, I dare you to, to, to go even today as we have a time of prayer today, that you would recommit your life, that you would recommit, that you would bring your excuses and your struggles and, and those things that we have that are addictions, that are secret sins and those things, that you would bring those today and say, God, I'm coming again. And I know I've done it before and, and I'm hearing the devil give me all these reasons. Oh, it's not going to work again. It's not going to work again at all. And the reality is that I need you to hear that God will meet you in that place if you will come with a sincere heart. He will. He will. Number two way to fill a void is to get in a small group. Because see, you, con- you continue to try to get rid of that thing. And I know that the majority of us here today are still trying to get rid of something. There's a habit. There's a, it's, it's gossip. It's, it's pornography, it's flirting, it's, it's lust, sexual sins in that area. It's, it's unhealthy appetites. It's gluttony. We have a real struggle with food. It's, it's, it's different areas of our life, but we're all continuing to try to get rid of that. Listen to this in Proverbs 28. This is not in your notes. I just added this this morning. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. Did you catch that? What's the first thing that we do when we've got something we struggle with? We're going to try to hide it. What did Adam and Eve do? They ran and hid from God, right? We're going to try to hide it. But when you do that, you don't prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Well, that's good news. 
if we'll trust it and do it. If we'll trust it. Ecclesiastes 4 and 8 says, There was a man all alone. He had neither son or brother. There was no end to his toil. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie together, they can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And boy, that three strands, that's the strand of marriage. Because it's you, your spouse, and God. There's three strands that have to be there. Any one of those strands not participating and it's not strong. We need each other. We don't like to need each other. Let's just say that. Right? We, we really, we really don't. Like we, we, we really want to believe that like we've got it, and especially guys. Because we've been told a real man has got it all together. A real man has got it all going on. Can I just break that for you today? A real man learns to look at other men and go, can you help me please? That's what a real man does. A real man finds some other men that he can trust and says, dude, you're going to have to help me because I, that girl flirting with me, I like it and I need your accountability. That's it. That's, you, you need to be, listen to me, you need to be in a small group. You, you, you have to find that place, James 5 and 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. How do you get healed from your sins, according to that verse? By confessing to someone else and having them pray for you. That's what it says. Confess your sins to one another and pray for you. So, so the reason we do altar and say, come pray with someone at the altar is not to do this, the churchy, normal, traditional thing. It's because you need to come and stand. You need to walk an aisle, the commitment of walking an aisle and getting past your excuses or any kind of embarrassment or anything you feel and say, no, I'm going and look at this person and say, here's what I'm going with. Please pray for me. We need that. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why we do small groups. Number three, you got to pursue purpose. The best way to deal with your problems is to give yourself to something bigger than your problem. To... Do you know what makes successful people successful? They have something to live for that's bigger than them. Say that again. The reason that their people are successful is because they have something to, that's bigger than them to live for. In other words, in other words, listen to me. We can sit around and wallow in our existence and I don't like this about my life and that blah, 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 and we want and here's what happens it's amazing to me how we push away from what we need we need each other but we push away we, we, we need to serve we need to do things and, and to live for other people and yet we push away from that so people will come and please don't hear guilt this is not guilt I, if you said something like this to me recently just just hear this from God and don't don't do that okay but like people will come and go, Pastor Mike, I just need to take a break. And I, I get bummed, not because we've got a hole to fill. I get bummed because here's what I, I wanted you to hear. It is serving is what you need. Serving other people and getting involved with something outside of yourself and your issues is actually what you need to help you go through your issues. That's, that's the relationship thing. So my heart breaks because I go, you know what, this is, this is pushing away from what it is that you actually need. Acts 20 and 24, but my life is worth nothing for me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news. 
about the wonderful grace of God. Satan is doing a phenomenal job of jacking our lives up and giving us problems so we'll focus on those problems and not on our purpose. So we'll sit and freak out and stress out about finances. So, so we'll freak out young people, freaking out about your future and I don't know what I'm going to do and this and that. And you know, you graduate and it's just a weird world, that transition of graduating and what's next and what do I do? And so all of a sudden chaos starts coming in and you have, you have these feelings and now you're going to like, well, I, you know what? I just, I can't do this and I can't do that. I'm not going to be involved with this. I'm not going to be involved here. I'm just going to isolate myself over here. Right? And somehow you're going to deal with it on your own. Somehow it's going to magic, and it's not. It is within relationship, which is why I got to give you the fourth one is this. Live your life for the good of others. See, the kingdom of God is upside down. It's, it's, it's counterintuitive. And what I mean by that is, if you will live your life for others, God will take care of your life. But we push away from others to fix or take care of our stuff. Are you, are you following what I'm saying to you? And so I, 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 my, my job today is to push to say, you know what? I want you to, I want you to do different. I don't want you to run around the same mountains. I don't want you to have the same conflicts and the same struggles. I don't want you to have the same family relationships. Anybody got some jacked up family relationships like me? Come on, y'all. And, and guess what? Thanksgiving's coming. And most of us are like, oh, fantastic. Come on, listen to me. But what if you decide to do different? I'm not talking about them. They're still going to be a jerk. <laughs> I'm talking about me. Like... For us to make some changes, to say, you know what? It's time for, for, for me to, to deal with and do something a little bit different. I want, I want more out of my life than just running around this same mountain. It takes courage to sit there and take notes. It takes extreme courage to actually go put it into play tomorrow. That's what I'm challenging you to do. Right? That we get rid of excuses. And we push in and make decisions of things that I need to do. And listen to me, the only way you're going to get it done is if you include other people. The only way you're going to do is if you're going to say, I need some help. Okay? I, I will be the first to stand here in front of you and tell you, I go to counseling once a month. Some of y'all are very relieved to hear that. But I need you to hear, like, I go to another pastor who's an older pastor and, and talk to him, and he hammers me. I mean, he hammers me. You, you loving on your wife? And, rah, 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 rah. and I got to say, Pastor, here's what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with discouragement in this area. I'm dealing with, we need each, you need each other. Please, please push in and don't push out. Are, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? That we let's let's deal. Let's let's deal. What what would it look like? What would, what would Church of the Lakes look like on a spiritual maturity level if we all got serious about one particular area? Like we all just said, okay, I'm going to attack a particular area of my life, and, and I'm going to get rid of excuses, and I'm going to get some accountability, and I'm going to get into a small group, and I'm going to make myself a little bit vulnerable, which is really really uncomfortable. 
but I'm going to do it anyway because I know it's what I I'm going to serve when I don't want to serve. I'm going to do those things because I know that when I get involved with God's business and his purpose for my life, he will deal with all the other stuff. He will give me wisdom. It's, it's upside down. Serve others. God will give you wisdom to deal with your stuff on a daily basis. Does that make sense to anybody? So I, I want to challenge you today to make a decision. I don't know what your decision is. I'm doing sugar-free September. I'm doing a few other things for me that I know are particular areas I need to deal with. How about you? How about you today? Isn't that first time that you go, you know what? I, I don't understand it all, but I'm going to accept Jesus today as my Savior. I'm going I'm to I'm go all in. I'm going to give him my all today, give him my heart. Is it baptism? Is it something to do with your family? Is it finance? What is it today that you can make a commitment to get away from the excuses, make a break, and then fill the void with the things that God has for you? Does that make sense? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your patience with me, God. We we apologize for being full of excuses all the time. Of reasons why we don't give our heart to you fully. Of reasons why we don't get in your word. Of reasons that we don't do those things. And so we come today in repentance. We come today um, in acknowledge of our sinfulness and our humanity to say, Would you help us, God? We want to do it different. So give us courage that it takes to take these steps to do things different. That we might see healthier results in ourselves, in our families, and in our community. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.